0: Hey everyone, this is Tiffany.
1: And this is George.
0: Welcome to our podcast, Richness of the Word.
1: Welcome back. We are now going to talk about chapter 10 from the book of Joshua. So where we're at right now in the book, Joshua has by conquest or by treaty, as we've seen with the Gibeonites, Mm -hmm. uh, he actually, the Israelites actually own the Uh, what is considered the central plateau of Canaan. They kind of control the middle of the area from Jericho westward and that actually is going to cause a lot of alarm by the southern kings that are south of where the Israelites now are. It gives the Israelites a great uh, advantage to be able to come down the plateau, down the hills and and come in and conquer the southern king. So they actually are going to form a massive alliance as we see in chapter 10. All these cities are going to come together instead of Joshua fighting one city at a time. All these cities are actually going to come together and they're like, okay, we're going to, you know, united we we stand, divided we fall. We need to take out the Israelites now. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually first are going to go take out Gibeon that, you know, that formed an alliance with the Israelites. And right, verse six, the men of Gibeon are like, hey, y'all made an alliance with us. We need you to come up and save us, please. And notice verse eight. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands.
0: Not uh, a man of them shall stand before you. Mm-hmm. That's the part I like. Not a man, not one person.
1: Right, and these are, and again, this is five kings, five, five cities, probably thousands of men,
0: thousands of men.
1: But it, it reminds us of, of Joshua one five, right? Right at the beginning when God says, "Do not fear." Uh, there's no need to fear because God's behind it all. Mm -hmm. He's going to get all the credit, right? He says, I have given them into your hands. God is, God here reassures Joshua, reassures the Israelites of his promises. He reminds them of his promises. In God's sovereignty, the fact that he is in control and the fact that he reminds Joshua of these promises, it energizes Joshua and his people. Because verse 9, immediately after that, Joshua comes upon them suddenly. He marches up all night from Gilgal. So he and the Israelite army do mm-hmm. a forced march throughout the night, and they surprise attack uh, the Canaanites, mm-hmm. probably while they're still sleeping. You know, and, and that speaks to us as as children of, of God today, mm-hmm. reminding ourselves of God's sovereignty, that He is for us, should energize us, motivate us to do his will, to serve him. It should get us excited.
0: Yeah. The words that are in just this verse, they're not flippant words. They're specifically chosen to show us, to illustrate to us how Joshua attacked. It wasn't... Mm -hmm. He was timid, he was scared, he was unsure. After God spoke, he knew what he was doing and he Mm -hmm. was confident in his abilities. Not because of himself, but because of God and because of what God said.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then they attack. God gets all the credit, right? Verse 10, the way verse 10 and 11 are worded uh, it's, it's like God is the great warrior here who defeats his foes. A lot of people, when they think of God and the God of the Bible, they think, oh, he's this really nice guy and he's so gentle and loving. And it's like, yes and no, he is also a warrior yeah. who will go and fight for his people uh, it reminds me of the Chronicles of Narnia, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, where the children ask the beaver about Aslan, who is, who is the Christ figure. And they ask him about Aslan. And they go, Well, is he safe?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the beaver replies with, Safe? Who said anything? He's a lion. They said, <laughs> Safe? Who said anything about him being safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. Mm -hmm. He is the king. And so that's what this verse reminded me of of him. That yes, God is good, but he is not safe. He is not gentle and frail. He is a warrior and he is strong and he fights for his people. Mm -hmm. And then we have verses 12 and 13. The miracle. People kind of remember, at least when, when they study, when they think of chapter 10 of Joshua, they think of these verses, right? When Joshua says, you know, praise to the Lord. and It's, it's basically written as, as like a poem or a psalm, right? Sun stand still uh, at Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ejelon. And...
0: The sun stood still mm-hmm. and the moon stopped. Until the nation took vengeance on their enemies.
1: There is some discussion about what this actually means. Did the earth stop turning, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: at this time? Or another interpretation I've seen that makes probably a little more, makes sense to me, not to say that this is the way it actually went down, I don't know, is that it could also be interpreted like sun stands still and, and moon. It's actually... The, the verbiage could also mean to see, just cease shining. Don't shine anymore. Because uh, it's reasonable that maybe this battle's going on in the early morning. The sun hasn't come up yet. And Joshua's like, I don't need the heat of the day wearing us out. So let me pray for, okay, don't, you know, maybe the sun comes up, but it ain't going to shine instead. Um so some people actually think that Joshua was actually praying for continued darkness after the night attack. Um, regardless, verse 14 is the main thing. A lot of people get hung up on whether or not the sun stood still or if it just stopped shining or whatever. But verse 14 is the main thing because it says, there's been no day like it before since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. Mm -hmm. This day is special, not because of this miracle with the sun, but the fact that God actually listened to to a man Mm -hmm. in in his prayer. We should be floored that God listens to our prayers. Yeah.
0: That the being who created everything.
1: The king of the universe that holds these billions of stars together is 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 going to listen to us.
0: And we've all heard, you know, that he cares so much for you. He knows the hairs on your head. And that he that he'll provide for you for everything that you need. But when you get down to the minutiae of it all and the mundaneness of the day-to-day. Right
1: here. We, We take it for granted.
0: Yes. And right here, when we stop and we're quiet and we listen to his word, it's when we can really, it all culminates together for us to fully understand the love he truly has for every single person.
1: We should be amazed that the Lord makes time for us. That the king of the universe would care to listen to our prayers. And when you have that in perspective, prayers really do become joyful. hmm
0: And they're a much bigger deal than, oh, I need to check this off my box. i got to talk to God today. Or, Mm -hmm. oh, this big thing happened and I need to talk to God about it. He truly cares. He's truly listening to everything that you say and do. He wants you to talk to him. And when you do and when you ask him for things, he loves that. Why does he love that? Because he knows you have faith in him. Mm -hmm. It only takes faith the size of a mustard seed to move mountains and if you haven't yet or you don't know you need to google a mustard seed and then see a mustard plant it's amazing and it's astonishing the first time i saw it i cried (laughs) because it's truly amazing if god can do that what can he not do for you
1: Jesus has taught us, if, if you have placed your faith in Christ as the Savior of your sins, Jesus says we can pray to God as our Father.
0: Mm-hmm. The th- will of th- a child th- is bigger than anything. I mean, if you have kids or you have kids in your life, they will pester you as long as the day is long.
1: And you know what? And you're grateful for it. That's the, that's, that's the thing. You realize that if you, like a, you know what's the, I, again, I think I'm quoting uh, or or paraphrasing Tim Keller here. You know, the only person who can get away with waking up the king in the middle of the night is the king's child.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the king is like, yes, what do you need? You need, you, oh, you need a glass of water? Yes, I'll get it for you. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: And, and they we do so have, lovingly. and
1: we have that, and we have that access to a king, yeah. the king, the great king. Mm-hmm. So after the battle, you know, verses sixteen through twenty-eight is kind of a, a, a summary of the aftermath of the battle. What ends up going on? They capture the five kings of those cities. They bring them out, and Joshua tells the men of Israel they they each get to come up and put their Foot on the, they make the kings lie down and they put their foot on the necks of the king. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's, it's, a, it's a visual parable of God's promise to subjugate Israel's enemies, right? I'm, I am going to place them under you and you are going to conquer them. This is Joshua actually bringing encouragement to his men saying, Look, look which, these are the kings of, of, of the Canaanites or the Amorites. And you are placing your feet on their necks. Be encouraged. Understand that God has given you this victory over them. He's going to continue to give to give you victories. He has the kings killed. And then has the kings hung on the trees uh, until evening. Which we've talked earlier about this uh, in a previous uh, episode. Deuteronomy 21, 23. Uh, when talking about uh, a man uh, who is, is committed a crime that's punishable by death, you hang him on a tree and to, to quote verse 23, his body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day for a man or a hanged man is cursed by God. And again, this is to show the Israelites and to show these re- the readers of Joshua, these kings we were under God's curse. They were so wicked that we're going to hang them on a tree for a day to show you how wicked they are. And so it should, it should shock us because it shows us, okay, this is how serious God takes sin. Mm-hmm. And, and it did for these ancient uh, readers. But even if it doesn't for you, I'm sure we can get shocked into understanding how serious God takes sin by the fact that his own son, Jesus, was hung on a tree. Yeah. And because he was under the curse of sin for our account. If we think that, oh, sin is not that big of a deal, you then we see. should look to the fact that Jesus had to be hung on a tree to atone for our sins. Mm-hmm. And finally, the last section of chapter 10, uh, verses 29 through 43, it, it's really an overview, uh, a summary of the southern campaign. In verse 40, there's uh, the people of, of this area. They're devoted to destruction. You know, Everyone that breathed just as the Lord God of Israel commanded. We read that. It's not nice to think about. But again, it is just because of the extent of their sin. And I do think it's important to, to kind of see, okay, they capture all this, right? Verse 42, Joshua captured all the kings and all their land at one time. Uh, this is not the same Hebrew word as possess that's used like in the book of Judges. And the translation at one time can, be, can mean once, so that basically, it's, it's like Joshua came in, killed all these people, but they're not occupying this land yet. Uh, they're going to occupy it all later. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes in, does the battles, but it's happening so fast, they're not ready to occupy it yet. But again, verse 42, just a reminder, right? They, they capture all the kings and their land at one time because... The Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. God gets 100% of the credit for the victories of his people then and now and in the future. Mm -hmm. That concludes our discussion of chapter 10. Uh, Once again, we do have a couple of questions for you to consider and and ponder uh, personally Or to discuss with your group or with your family.
0: Question number one, how does knowledge of God's desire to hear from you encourage your prayer life? And question number two, does the description of God as a mighty and fierce warrior challenge your perception of him? And if so, why?
1: Join us next week as we examine both chapters 11 and 12 from the book of Joshua.
0: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord has shown you the richness of the word.